Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick begins a message entitled, What Does It Take to Change a Nation? America finds itself in a similar situation as the nations of old, which time after time, in Brother Rick's view, drifted away from the dependence on the God of heaven. In this message, he brings us key words that describe our need for a move of God and ways that we can become an agent for change in the world. This message was taught at the Church on the Rock in Berea, Kentucky. On this broadcast, Brother Rick reads his text taken from 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, which tells the story of a nation that drifted away from God. Then he teaches us two of the four key words that we need to know about to see a move of God. And now, here's Brother Rick. Well, this morning, let's open our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18. And while you're turning there, of course, it's good to have Debbie with me. She travels all the time with me now. And I look better when she's anywhere around. I'm smarter for sure because she takes care of me so well. And I'm so thankful for her. I want to talk to you this morning about a very important subject. What does it take to change a nation? How many of you know our nation's in crisis? And before you think, well, Brother Rick's going to give a political editorial. No, I'm not. I don't don't really spend a lot of time on politics because I don't understand it. And neither do the people that's in it. (laughs) But anyway, I believe... Our nation needs to change. And I don't believe it starts at the White House or in Congress. I believe it starts with God. How many of you know we need to return to him? And my heart has been touched this week and the last couple of weeks as I've considered this portion of scripture in 1 Kings 18, 21. Elijah comes before all the people and he says... How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal follow him, now here's the problem of their nation and our nation. And the people answer not a word. How many of you know that silence is a voice of apathy? If we don't speak up, If we don't stand up, if we don't hold up a banner of truth, I don't know what our future is. Are you listening to me? It's time for the church to be the church. Now I want you to notice that the background of this text, Israel is coming from a nation following God to a nation following idols. Ahab had married a woman named Jezebel, the son of Ithbel, a Zidonian that had led the people of Israel into idolatry. And they are worshiping Baal and their sexual perversion taking over the nation and they are getting farther and farther and farther away from God. Does that sound familiar to you this morning? Every day farther from the principles that they were established on what begins to happen is 
They had drifted so far away from God that they had lost their standing in the world. Can I just drop some news on you this morning? I, I do a lot of missions reading, and you know I'm heavily involved in missions around the world. And America has certainly had its position in leading the world in missions outreach. But did you know that's no longer true? Did you know since 2005 we have lost our standing as the leading country sending out missions to the world? Statement was made in Washington that we're no longer a Christian nation and people raised up vehemently against it. But yet through our actions there was truth been pronounced. We're stepping back from the things that have made us who we are. And since 2005, we no longer lead the world in mission outreach. And if you want to know the truth, we're changing from a mission force to a mission field. Every time the sun rises, we get closer to needing people to come to bring us back to the basis of what's made this nation great. This is not a political thing I want to talk to you about this morning. It's a biblical recipe for change. Leads me to my message today. What's it going to take? What's it going to take to see a nation change? Obviously, this morning, nothing changes without the intervention of God. And how many of you know God doesn't move until his people pray? Second Chronicles 7.14 has echoed in my mind this entire year. If my people. How many of you notice it starts with a question mark? If. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, everybody say then, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. But how many of you know with an if comes an if not? Let me just say, we don't need another revival. A revival just seems to be locationally connected. And you can name where revivals have happened. We don't even need transformation to occur in a spot. We need a move of God that begins to spread across our nation until we come back to the realization of how bad we need Jesus Christ. <laughs> Brother Rick, how does it happen? Well, I'm glad you asked. I want to share with you some words this morning, very important. Very important for us to understand because Elijah's asking the question, who are we going to serve? And how many of you know years ago, I come from the 70s. That was my cool time. I'm a product of the 60s and 70s. Seems like the 1800s, but Bob Dylan had a song, you're going to serve somebody. How many of you know you are? You are going to serve somebody and the first thing it starts with is a proclamation. Elijah shows up in 1 Kings 17. Nobody even knows who he is. <laughs> you, don't have to know. you don't have to have some kind of press or website for God to use you. Amen. Elijah shows up full of the Spirit of God. You know what he says? It ain't going to rain till I say so. They're like, who is this guy? I believe his name's Elijah the Tishbite. What does that mean to me? Don't mean nothing till it don't rain. 
God has a way of validating us. How many of you know we need somebody to proclaim truth? I'm so sick and tired of Millie Mouth preachers getting on TV and taking the spotlight. Mm-mm. And afraid to say Jesus is the only way to heaven. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'll never forget what Dr. Billy Graham, one of the most respected, the most respected man in the United States. He was on Larry King's uh, live and Larry was trying to trip him up. I thought to myself, you're talking about a mental sparring between a giant and a dwarf. <laughs> Larry King says, Mr. Graham, I understand that you say Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Dr. Graham rose back in wisdom and looked Larry King in the face and said, Mr. King, you have been misinformed. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I fully agree. <laughs> Larry King went to commercial. I thought there may be hope for him. Listen to me, friend. He's the only way. And until we return to truth, we can't return to freedom. Hear what I say. Because the Bible says you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. You want to lose your freedom? Lose your truth. You want to lose your truth? Be unwilling to take a stand for it. Mm. I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. Somebody needs to stand up. Somebody needs to tell the truth. Somebody needs to let the chips fall where they may. Somebody needs to quit looking at a thing and putting it in the air and see whether it's popular or not. God didn't call us to be popular. He called us to be powerful. He didn't call us just to be agreed with. He called us to be agents of change. Are you hearing me? It's not important that everybody thinks you're all that in a bag of chips. What's important is they know the blessing that comes by following the truth of Jesus Christ. Everybody say proclamation. Proclamation brings the second word I want to share with you is desperation. Three years of drought began. Famine began to come on the people. The people began to get desperate and their means become more and more desperate. I've had people talk to me, Brother Rick, come here, I want to talk to you. And they pull me aside and say, man, things are getting desperate. And I look them in the eye and say, not desperate enough because we've not changed it. See, until it affects my four, no more. Who cares what's going on? Mm. But see, when the rain don't come, everybody suffers. And it won't be long till it'll make it to your house. And desperation sets in. And I have discovered this. God moves as much over desperation as he moves by faith. Can I tell you that's the truth? When you get desperate enough that you reach out and touch him, like the woman with the issue of blood, how many of you know desperation can move our feet and not just our hearts? And that's what we need. We need a move of God that causes us to move. When you get desperate enough, you don't worry about who's there. See, what we really need in our nation is for our desperation to exceed our reputation. Yeah, I remember when they told me that my son would be born dead. If he lived, he'd be a vegetable. I stand in a new hospital. I didn't care. I didn't 
didn't care who was around me. I began to scream, oh, God, have mercy. See, when you get desperate, you ain't worried about whether or not they think you're cool or politically correct or any other thing. I remember my mama, Lord, in that moment she joined me because that was her baby. And her baby's baby was in trouble. You won't see somebody get cranked up. Mess with a mama. And the doctor was standing there telling me everything. And she just grabbed me by the arm and said, we got to go. And she yanked me in a stairwell. And she said to me, that guy right there is practicing. And we know the great physician. And it ain't over till he says it's over. <laughs> and I'm telling you, church broke out right there. We wasn't worried about what they thought. You know what happened? They brought that little boy up. He looked like a Smurf. He was blue. Had a cord wrapped around his neck for 12 hours. Can I tell you that they gave him thumbs up and that boy now is a pastor, my pastor of my church because we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. All he's waiting on is a people to get desperate for him. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.